0: I like how you, sister to sister. I like how you weave that in there. That was good. I like that. All right. Well, we're going to uh, continue our, uh, our series that is entitled Soul to Soul because we, we talked last week about David and, and Jonathan and the Bible talked about how their souls were knit to one another. And, and that's just the, those are the types of relationships I know that we all desire, we, we crave those. And quite honestly, you know, God calls us to have relationships like that. But it doesn't just come because you just hope it happens. And uh, the Bible gives us great practicals on how we can develop these types of of soul-to-soul, deep relationships where we don't just settle for the superficial like so often happens in this world. And so we're going to dive right in and uh, hopefully this message today will continue uh, to encourage us uh, to really have these types of relationships that are godly. So let's, let's pray for this to happen. Well, Father, we are uh, desirous of soul-level relationships, God. Where we're connected to one another on a deep level. Uh, and, Father, we know that we wouldn't even understand what that means if it weren't for you. And, uh, Father, we are grateful for how you've poured your love out on us you have shown the depths of your heart towards us, even though we, we don't deserve anything. Really, we deserve, really, wrath uh, for how we often just go our own way and not go towards you. And, um, but, Father, we, we praise you. We are grateful for you. We're grateful that the scriptures have been recorded so that we can see real people and how they figured things out with their relationships, and we can learn from that. And help us this morning. Help us to focus in and help us to be humble so that we can have these types of relationships that really do bring you honor and really give us the joy that we really want to have in our lives. And uh, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And uh, so last week we we talked about uh, Jonathan and David and, and how they had an unlikely relationship. They really should not have been best friends. I mean, come on. Jonathan's dad wanted to kill David tried to kill David. Uh, they, they shouldn't have been buddies. Uh, Jonathan was second in line to be the king, and here comes David just rising up. Jonathan should have been totally jealous. They should have been total enemies, but that's not what happened, and they had a deep relationship with one another, and we talked about that last week. It was intimate. It was intense, and, and uh, today's message really is born out of a moment, or really a few moments, but one one of the moments that happened between Jonathan and David. And we'll look at something that that transpired between them in, in 1 Samuel chapter 20. And Jonathan says to David, he says, may the Lord be with you as he's been with my father, but show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live so that I may not be killed and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family. Not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him. Because he loved him as he loved himself. And what's happening here? Well, the writing's on the wall. You know, Jonathan knows that his dad, Saul's on the way out. He knows David's going to be the next king. And he's basically saying, look, David... Please don't cut off the kindness to me or to my family. But why would Jonathan say something like that? Well, If you know anything about this time period, if a new king comes into power, a lot of the times any existing family members of that old king get wiped out. And that was a very common practice. The new king comes in, he literally eradicates the family line of the old king. He doesn't want anyone to come close to trying to vie for his throne. And so that was a normal practice. So Jonathan's like, look man, I know that's what happens in the world, but man, hey man, please don't cut off God's kindness that I know is in you. Show it to me and show it to my family. And they reaffirmed this oath and and again, even in this moment, we just see the nature of David and Jonathan's intense relationship. It was really based on, on their faith in God. And they both honored God in their own individual lives, and it helped them to honor God within their relationship. And uh, they weren't sentimental with one another. They, they, even, if, even if family members got in the way of their friendship, they wouldn't let it happen. And that's the type of love that we need to have for one another. Uh, so the story, excuse me, the story goes on, and And unfortunately, we get to this part. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. And when he came to David, he fell to the ground to pay him honor. Where have you come from? David asked him. I've escaped from the Israelite camp. Well, what happened? David asked. Tell me. The men fled from battle, he replied, and many of them fell and died. And Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. And this broke David's heart. And he literally wrote a song with many verses. And he kind of concludes the song with how the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women what a powerful powerful statement and I really believe that these are the types of relationships we should have with one another I appreciate in the church we do call each other brother and sister even though we're not blood related and that's what it should be all about in God's family and this is the way it can happen in our own relationships. We can feel this connection with one another where we're like family. And even David takes it to another level. He's like, man, Jonathan, our, the relationship I had with Jonathan, it was so intense. I mean, it was the companionship, the camaraderie, the love, the, the, the affection that we shared for one another, the vulnerability that we have for one another, it was, it was gratifying. It was even greater than, than love for women. And I think that's the type of, of, of power that we can have in our friendships. And I hope, we, I hope as men we can desire that in our friendships with other men. And say, man, I want that type of gratifying relationship. And, you know, sisters with other sisters. Like, we should have that. And I appreciate our Edge ministry where we have a lot of our singles, you know. Those are the types of relationships that men and women in the church can have for one another. It's, it's deep. It's not based on romance and all this ridiculousness sometimes that can creep in playing games with each other but it's it's deep it's gratifying and pure and based on God and those are the types of relationships that we can't have with one another and Jonathan was hurting and so this news was intense obviously Jonathan's hurting but but again in the world this was not good for Saul's family okay okay Obviously, with Saul and Jonathan being dead, but what about Saul's his wives and all the other folks that are in the palace? They're, they're scared. David is now gonna be king. And then they find out later we find that David's on his way to Jerusalem. What would you be thinking if you were in Saul's family? They were freaking out. And so what we find is in the in the mayhem that ensued, David's on his way. He's the new king. Saul's family, they they literally start running. And we find out in 2 Samuel 4 that Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. And his name was Mephibosheth. So that's, that's where we, we learn about Mephibosheth, who he takes, must have been an intense, terrible fall. And obviously they don't have time to go to Wellstar and go to urgent care and get a nice cast. And they are on the run, right? And so surely the, the wound didn't heal properly, and there you go. And so this is who Mephibosheth is. And that, this is the, the topic for today, really, just just this uncommon friendship from an unbreakable bond just really this relationship between David and Mephibosheth that we'll look at today. And when we when we when we find David when he gets to become king and you read those like first 10 chapters of 2 Samuel, I mean David's On the rise, man. I mean, everything he touches turns to gold. I mean, he—the Bible just talks about Saul's family's going down, David's going up. I mean, he's becoming more and more powerful. God's with him. God even makes a promise to him that really results in Jesus being born. I mean, he's like you from your line, David. Your kingdom will endure forever. You know. I mean, he's winning every battle. I mean, David, you can't—you can't get any better. And at the height of this ascension for David. At the height of it, really, in a lot of ways, David asked, Man, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Kindness. And then uh, the, he finds out there's a, a servant named Zeba that might know, so he, he calls Zeba and asks Zeba, Zeba, is there, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul? To whom I can show God's kindness. You see, this is something I think we need to learn in our relationships. We need to learn how to show God's kindness to this world. Why, Jeff? Because you're made in the image of God. That's what He created you for, to be a representative of of Him on this earth. And kindness needs to be shown. It's got to be an action. It can't be, I have sentiments of kindness within my heart towards this person. And I'm going to ponder them for quite a while. And hopefully, maybe through spiritual osmosis, they will get that. But I'm just going to keep it in my heart. No, that's not how it works. God's kindness. Because you know what? Sometimes Jeff's kindness, the meter is closer to E than F, if you know what I'm saying. If it's about Jeff's kindness, you're not always going to get a, a good dose. But if I'm trying to show God's kindness in this world, wow, what does that mean? It means loyalty. It means uh, uh, mercy. It means that, that just that loving kindness, you know, that, that's all mixed together. It's hard to even define it in English words. And if you were here a few months ago, Brother Carrillo did a message about chesed. God's kindness. That's what we're talking about here. And it's for Jonathan's sake. David doesn't even know who. He doesn't even know who the person is. But he's already decided to be godly in that relationship. Man, some of us we wait until the other person just treats us great before we start deciding to be kind to them. That's not that's not God's kindness. God's kindness. You know, we need to be kind in this world because of what Jesus has done for us. We'll we'll be kind to whomever, right? That's the kind of attitude we need to have. But, man, this is amazing that that, that David doesn't even know who the person is, but he wants to show that type of kindness. We need to be that way in this world and represent God. But Ziba said, yeah, there is somebody in in Jonathan's line. But he's lame in both feet, which, honestly, why even mention that, in a way? It's almost like, yeah... Is, is it kind of like, yeah, there is somebody, but, you know, he, I mean, why waste your time? Dave, you're, you're, you're the man, dude. I mean, this guy, you know, yeah, he's out there, but shh, what's he going to, what good is it? David says, where is he? Go find him. Bring him to me. Now, think about Mephibosheth. Word gets out that somebody knocks on Mephibosheth's door. And Mephibosheth is living in a place called Lodabar at this time which can be translated barren land. Lame in both feet, on the run, disgraced family line, living in a barren land. And all of a sudden, a knock at the door, hey, Mephibosheth, David wants to see you. What in the world would you be thinking if you were Mephibosheth? This is the moment I feared my whole life. Every day Mephibosheth woke up, and he remembered his feet, and he couldn't walk. What would he always remember? It was because of David. We were running away. I've been fearing David my whole life. People that fear David caused this to happen to me. It's just a matter of time before it's my day. My day is up. Maybe he was thinking that. Wouldn't I mean? Wouldn't you be? David wants to see. Why would David want to see Mephibosheth? Who is Mephibosheth? But that's the word he gets. And he's got to show up, and he walks into David's presence, and you know he was hurting. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. And David said, Mephibosheth. And I don't know how that, I don't know how that sounded. I don't know what the tone was. I'm assuming it was good, but there's an exclamation point there. I think Mephibosheth still could have been really nervous, like, oh, man, this is it. At your service, you know. Don't be afraid. David said to him, for I will surely show you what? Kindness. For the sake of your father, Jonathan, I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And you will always eat at my table. Mm-hmm. bowed down and said, What is your servant? Who am I that you would notice a dead dog like me? What has Mephibosheth done to earn this moment? Not one thing. Not one thing. If anything, he deserves the opposite of this treatment for who he is and where he comes from. Mephibosheth didn't earn this privilege. It came from the goodness of the king, the kindness of the king. And I think Mephibosheth is blown away because he knows who he really is. And this whole thing, you will always eat at my table, it's, it's repeated over and over in this chat. I mean, it just keeps repeating it, you know. And Mephibosheth will always eat at my table. And he, he ate at his table like one of David's sons. Imagine that scene and imagine if you were Mephibosheth like, whoa, I have gone from the outhouse to the penthouse. This is amazing. (laughs) But the next time that David and Mephibosheth meet, things are a little bit different. Because just like David rose up in those first few chapters of 2 Samuel, he had a turn. And soon after this time frame, David made the first really huge mistake in his life. And we don't have time to get into all of it. And I know some of you aren't familiar with all the Bible stories. And, but let's just say David had a rough time period. And uh, he committed adultery with one of his buddy's wives while his buddy was out fighting for him. Uh, then he arranged for the husband's death, trying to cover everything up. She got pregnant, the child died. So he's got the guilt of all of this. Then he, the child is dead, and he's mourning. Then the then the madness even continues. He's got multiple wives, so he's got you know he's got kids that have the same dad, obviously, but different moms. And you got one side you got one son that falls in love with his half sister, and she's like, dude, what are you doing? We're ha- you know we're too closely related. What are you talking about? And then he just rapes her. What? And then her real, you know, her full-blooded brother finds out about it and he waits a couple years and just lets it stew and waits a couple years and kills him. I mean, this is all in David's, I mean, this is happening in David's family. Wow. And then Absalom, one of his own sons, Absalom basically steals people's hearts away from David and, and, and connives and, and gets people's loyalties And David doesn't notice it. And all of a sudden, Absalom has gotten all these people around him and declares himself king. And David literally has to run for his life because Absalom's taken over. And so literally, David's getting everybody together and they are leaving Jerusalem. The king, David, is leaving Jerusalem because his own son has taken over. I'm talking, this is madness, right? And literally, as he's on his way out fleeing, he runs into good old Zeba. And the king said, Hey, Zeba, hey, where's Mephibosheth, man? And Zeba said, Oh, he's staying in Jerusalem. You know, he he thinks today the Israelites were restored to me my grandfather's kingdom. And then the king said to Zeba, Well, all right, well, all that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. I humbly bow, Ziba said. May I find favor in your eyes, my Lord the King. What if you were David right there? How would you be feeling? After all I did for that dude, that lame dude, man, I took him in. I showed him God's kindness. You ever show somebody kindness and it not be reciprocated? And what are you tempted to do? Act kind of rashly. All of a sudden, that God's kindness, I showed God's kindness. When when I'm godly, aren't I supposed to receive good stuff back? Well, that doesn't always happen. But that doesn't mean that you all just throw away attempting to be like God in this world because we got to learn how to endure things, right? Right? That's That's a godly trait. We can't be rash. I think David's a little rash right here. I think his feelings are hurt. He's emotional. He's crazy. He's on the run. He finds out the dude that he's shown all this kindness to has betrayed him. And he just makes a snap decision. All right, well, you just take all this stuff. Well, sometime later, Absalom is killed. And David gets to go back to Jerusalem. He gets to go back and serve as king again. And he, you know, the rebellion has been squashed. And he's literally returning to Jerusalem now. So now he's returning. He's still sad. You know, Absalom is his son. I mean, he didn't want him to die. but So he's trying to come back. And now all of a sudden all these people are, are running to, to David. to try, Hey, David, welcome back. Trying to make good with the king that's coming back. And who does he run into? On his way back into town. Good old Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, also went down to meet the king. He had not taken care of his feet or trimmed his mustache or washed his clothes from the day the king left until he returned safely. What's up with that? I mean, did he, the shower broke or like what happened? Like he just, this is what people in mourning do actually this is what people if they were mourning the death of someone this is the type of stuff they would do what's up with Mephibosheth here and when he came from Jerusalem to meet the king the king asked him Mephibosheth man where were you why why didn't you go with me I was looking for you man after all I've done what's up my lord the king since I, your servant, am lame, I, 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 I said I'll have my donkey saddle and I'll ride on it so I can go with the king. But Ziba, my servant, betrayed me. And he has slandered your servant to my lord, the king. My lord, the king, is like an angel of God to me. So do whatever you wish. All my grandfather's descendants deserve nothing but death from my lord, the king. But you gave your servant a place Among those who eat at your table. So what right do I have to make any more appeals to the king? What a great attitude right here, right? You see, angels, I appreciate that. Angels, what is an angel? It's really a messenger of God, right? And I do believe that's what happens when we show kindness, when we show God's kindness to people. We we are like messengers of God to them. And they feel it, guys. They feel it. And Mephibosheth's like, man. Ever since you left, man, I, 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 where else am I gonna go, man? You, you've been, you've been like God to me. You can do whatever you want to do to me. I don't deserve. I don't deserve anything. I deserve. It. I deserve death anyway. Do whatever you want with me. And then David David says, Well, why say more, man? I, I order you and Ziba to divide the land. And Mephibosheth said, Man, let him have it all. I don't even care about all that stuff. Now that my Lord the king has returned home safely, I'm good. I don't need anything else. I don't care about the privileges, I care about your presence. I don't care about the stuff that I got from being at the king's table. I just cared about the king. I love you, David. I appreciate you, man. Ziba can have all the stuff. Conniving, swindling, dude, I don't even care about all that. What I care about is our relationship. It means more to me than stuff. I just want to be with you. You know, this is something I think we can learn in our relationships with one another for sure. But I think if you've been around long enough, you you, you sense that there's way more to this story than just what's happening between David and Mephibosheth, right? And what can we learn? I think what we can learn from their relationship is, you know, our relationships today can actually impact future generations. I think that's pretty powerful. David and Jonathan had an intense relationship. And it was so powerful and so godly that it had impact even after Jonathan wasn't even around. Who are you having a relationship like that with now? Let's make that kind of, let's have that as a goal for ourselves. man. let's have relationships so deep that long after we're dead, people will be like, man, I, I'm going to preach. You know what? You knew, did you know Jeff Hobby? You, you were Jeff Hobby's friend. Man, I'm going to treat you like, oh, because you are connected to Jeff Hobby. I mean, well, that's amazing, right? We need to desire to have relationships that even pass the test of time, even after we're gone. I mean, I love this about the relationships that we can have in the, in the scriptures. And, and, and I still believe what we saw in David and Jonathan, even in Mephibosheth and, and, and David. Uncommonly strong relationships can be built even when people have little in common. And this is a lesson that this country for sure needs right now. Because everything in society said David and Jonathan should not have been friends. Everything in society said there's no way David should have spent five minutes on Mephibosheth. But they didn't allow social constructs to determine who they were going to show kindness to. So don't you do the same stuff. You know, this world tells you, oh, you can't be friends with these people. Guys, we don't live in a prison. You know what I'm saying? That's what they do in prison. Okay, you're this race. Okay, you stay over here, and everything that happens, we're just gonna stick together, and we're gonna stick together over here, and we're gonna stick together over here. Man, don't even fall for that stuff, man. Show God's kindness to whomever, because that's what God does. And we gotta be, we we bear the image of God in this world. It's up to us to show the world how to do it. And when we when we do it like that, we become messengers of God, like angels to people. We gotta have, we gotta have uncommonly strong relationships with people that we probably didn't, shouldn't according to this world. And you got to show kindness to people. You can't just think about it. It's not about being in the right mood. It's about being connected to God. We're going to take the Lord's Supper right now. But this story is just if this story doesn't help you be appreciative of, see we live on this side of the cross, don't we? We have a different perspective. We can see the whole story of Scripture. We're on. A, we have a different perspective on this story, right? And I mean, in preparation for the Lord's Supper, just think about. I mean, we—the the power of this story on this side of the cross is: you are Mephibosheth. I am Mephibosheth, pure and simple. You're fallen. You're broken. And Mephibosheth, even his name, it hints at shame. It's like son of shame, some some translations. You live in a barren land in darkness until the kindness of the king (laughs) helps you to get into a better place. We're Mephibosheth. And like Mephibosheth, we need to always have that mindset. I don't deserve nothing. And don't you get so enamored with the privileges of being a child of God that you start to love the privileges and the benefits more than the king that has given them to us. Please don't come to this church only because it meets your needs. Ooh, I get benefits. I get a Sunday service. I get a Wednesday targeted to my life stage lesson. My kids get taken care of. You know, that's great and amen. But the moment we start appreciating all of that more than the Lord that allowed us to even care about any of this, then we're in trouble. We need to be more concerned about showing God's kindness in this world than just getting the benefits of sitting at the king's table. And I appreciate that about Mephibosheth. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't about the stuff. He just wanted the presence of the king. And I hope that that we can have that in our hearts. Because if we have that in our hearts towards God, our relationships with each other will be uncommonly strong. And let's pray. Father, grateful for just the scriptures to teach us how to have great relationships. And I pray that we can remember the lessons of David and Jonathan and and David with Mephibosheth and be connected to you and and make bonds with one another that last even beyond our lifetime. Father, I pray like Mephibosheth that we can have a deep sense of gratitude for all you've done and how you love us for Jesus' sake. That it's nothing that we could do to earn your your favor or, or, or what you do for us. We couldn't earn it, God, but... You treat us on the sake of, of, of Jesus. We, we get to live off of his merits. Wow, that we don't deserve it and it makes us joyful. And I'm just so grateful that we don't have to live in a barren land and we don't have to be filled with shame. But we can sit at your table and feast with you. And Father, we, we do want to take the Lord's Supper with meaning this morning. And we, we pray for the bread that represents Jesus' body and the cup that represents his blood. And we just thank you. In deep gratitude for your kindness, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.